Hey, good morning. Wow, it has been a long hiatus. And to be honest, it probably doesn't matter because no one's listening to this, at least for now. And so I'd like to pick off, pick up where I left off. This is uh, a morning series called Moonwalking with Matt. And I think it's worth kind of going on why I decided to break the hi- hiatus and to, you know, restart this. And I think the main reason is that one thing that I found that doing this series was more, in some ways, meditative, reflective for myself, and also improved my ability to think on the spot on how to describe things, and, and also kind of forced me to, to draw analogies and metaphors to help both me and whoever's listening understand particular concepts that I've been thinking about. So that is the main reason for starting it, and that's it for today. Hi. So actually, before I go, I'd like to talk about a book that I just finished reading, and that was Skin in the Game and the scene talent. And I think it brings to light a few really interesting ideas, things to ponder, things to observe in your everyday life so that you understand when you know, the party or people that you're interacting with don't have skin in the game. And that causes you to uh, look at society in a couple of different ways. One, when you have immediate transactions with people, when they don't have skin in the game, I think it's it should provide some type of uh, kind of an alert, kind of a warning that you, know, you can't necessarily trust everything that's happening here. You think about the examples of an old car salesman or a sleazy car salesman. Because that transaction is one time, they don't, they're not really incentivized to give you uh, a deal that's fair to you because you know, you're probably not going to be buying a car from them again. That, those, are, those are instances where you know, skin in the game really matters. Two, skin in the game also demonstrates you when to be skeptical of particular uh, particular phenomena, people, uh, and recommendations by other people. A lot of the times, one of the arguments that Nassim Talib makes is that a lot of time, academics, economists, uh, people in, in politics often project what they think uh a particular, another set of people want and need without actually, you know, in some cases even talking to them. And as a result, you create this, uh, and, and the reason why they're able to do that is because their skin's not in the game. They make a recommendation, it gets potentially implemented, and they never uh, feel the repercussions of that. And that's one of those one of those problems. And the example of this uh for example, is all the type of intervention that the US, U.S. has done, at least from the student health perspective, where you know these things would have naturally just kind of resolved themselves because both parties in the conflict would want to come to a resolution, but because it's an external third party with their own interests, it actually causes more problems or prolongs conflicts in, in other parts of the world. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and finally... I think that you know the third type of uh, point that he tries to make as well in skin in the game 
is to recognize that it's actually good. We do need skin in the game. We do need people that are putting their reputations on the line, that are putting the financial resources on the line. Because that's really the only way to uh, make sure that uh, incentives are aligned. And one interesting point that he made to kind of prove that in some cases the U.S. still is one of the more uh, is one of the you know still a line of opportunity is that when you look at the income income inequality. And you look, uh, a lot of people will say that the U.S. has one of the worst in, in income inequality gaps, but what's more interesting is you can't look at it from just a static perspective. You need to look at it from a dynamic perspective. So the question is, is the top 10% the same top 10%, top 10% you know, every five years or every decade? And the answer in uh, for the U.S. is that it has a much rapid, much more rapid turnover than that of other nations or continents like Europe. Now, I'd love to get this exact stat so that you can reference it, so I'll hopefully be able to add it to the show notes. But I thought that was a really interesting way to look at that. Uh, I think the other, it's just the idea that nothing is static. You have to look at things with dynamic. And also, you have to look at it from what income inequality is really about. Um, if the problem is that people are just, you know, there are some people that are inherently um, more ambitious and, and, and others that are not, you know, um, I don't think that's what income inequality is really uh, trying to resolve. What it's really trying to resolve is that everyone has equal opportunity given the effort and ambition and desire to reach the top 10%. And I think, you know, in some ways that is something that still holds true here in um, America, which is which is great, despite all the crazy stuff that's happening. Anyways, that is my thought for today, and hopefully you have a, a great day as well. Bye.